Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Let It Be Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Sanchez, certified leadership and life coach, Reiki practitioner, and recovering overachiever. Not everything in life can be easy, but this podcast is about seeing how some things don't have to be as hard as we think. This podcast is brought to you by Cocoon. That's my practice where I offer coaching and other resources to help you trust your intuition, design a meaningful life, and create fulfilling work. You can find out more at the-cocoon.co. Before we dive into this episode, I just want to let you know that applications are now open for my newest offering. It's called Source. It begins in January 2024. It's an intimate year-long group coaching program for creative confidence and intuitive leadership. It also includes an in-person retreat in May in the beautiful and enchanted desert outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico, not far from where I live. So I'll share more about it at the end of this episode. But for now, if you're curious, you can learn more at the-cocoon.co slash source or find the link in the show notes. Hello, Diana. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Let It Be Easy. It is such a pleasure for me to introduce you to listeners today. Some of our listeners will already be familiar with you because they used to listen to Should We Podcasts, which we made together. And now I, I get to have you as a guest. It just feels really special. And I will introduce you as Diana Kimball Berlin, my very best friend and one of the most amazing people in the whole world. And then now I'll let you introduce yourself (laughs) and you can tell people what you want to know about you. Thank you, Lisa. It's so fun to be here and so nostalgic to be recording with you. You know, we spent so many hours recording first on an iPhone turned upside down in a ceramic cup on the couch together and then uh, in increasingly posh studios and then over iPhone mics again while we were separated by the pandemic and your decision to move to Santa Fe. You know? But now we're back together on the internet and it feels great. I'm Diana. I live in San Francisco. I have two little kids and I'm a partner at Matrix. Uh, Matrix is an early stage venture firm. We lead concept through series A rounds and I've been there for two and a half years now and I really like it there. So now I'm a VC. I wasn't always. Before this, I spent about a decade in product roles at Microsoft and SoundCloud and Quip and Salesforce and So whole career in tech. But before that, we were roommates in college. Uh, I was studying history. You were studying English. And that's really the foundation of our friendship is nothing to do with tech at all. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for those who don't know from, you know, should we episodes, Diana, you're the reason that I became a coach. It's like kind of mind-blowing to think back to that time now where so you were going through coach training yeah and I I was sort of baffled by it like why why would you do that 
why would you want to do that? It sounds hard. (laughs) Sounds very hard. Very hard. But then I was really inspired by the transformation I saw in you and, and the skills you were learning. And it just seemed really magical. So I tried it out myself and then fell in love and it became my whole job. So thank you for that. And we thought we would talk today about how each of us have been moved by coaching. Like what kind of difference has it made in our lives just being being clients of coaches so that people get get a sense of like what's possible with coaching, you know? Sometimes uh, people have like a pretty narrow perception of it or they'll think about like life coaching as like, oh, I want to fulfill a goal in my life. Or they might think about executive coaching, like, okay, I want to be a better leader at this particular company. But I think the type of coaching I do encompasses all of that, but is just very holistic. And the coaches we have worked with, the coaching we've experienced has been really holistic. And so... Yeah, let's let's get into it. Yeah. Well, we got to begin at the beginning, right? So maybe I can share my history with coaching and my history as a client, because, of course, the way I got interested in coaching as a discipline was by having great coaches. So let's wind back to my time in Germany, where we also lived together briefly. In Germany, I worked at SoundCloud, and SoundCloud had introduced a leadership program for folks in the middle of the company, and they were really intentional about that. They said, we want to start a leadership program in the middle, and you know, ideally it goes to everybody eventually, but right now we want to really bolster the middle of the organization. And so I had the opportunity to be part of the first cohort of this awesome program that created a bunch of coaches out of it. I think all of us had such a good experience that uh, that several of us ended up exploring coaching as a discipline for ourselves. But there were these two great coaches who facilitated the program. Uh, it involved being in three different cities over the course of nine or 10 months. Uh, it was a stable cohort of folks from within the organization who got to know each other better and better over time. SoundCloud was two or 300 people at this time. So you know, there were enough people that you didn't know everybody by name. And this program was really a chance to go deep together. And what I loved most about the two coach facilitators is that they seemed to be having the time of their lives. They really liked each other. Their affection for each other was vivid and visible in every moment they were at the front of the room together. And I had this experience of being able to tune into the tone of their friendship and relate to myself in a friendlier way, relate to each of them in this warm way. And I think it was really a cool environment because they could observe us with each other uh, in all of the exercises we did as part of the program and then take that as material into our very small number of one-on-one sessions that we had with one or the other of them. So thinking back on that experience, I I call back to it all the time when I uh, talk about my journey into coach training because it's like I knew they were doing something cool and I thought I could probably do it 
but I had no idea what it was. You know, I had no idea what the skill they were using was and how it was different from hanging out. I mean, it was clearly experientially very different from hanging out, but it felt just as organic as, uh, you know, a natural conversation would or a simple hangout session would. And that combination of um, intentionality and organic feel was compelling to me. So that was my first exposure. And there were more that followed. I'll get into those too. But I am so curious for your listeners as well about your journey into being a client and experiencing coaching for yourself. Mm, Well, This takes me back to when I first became a manager and I felt totally in over my head and I was like hitting a breaking point. Like, I just don't think I can do this. I've just, I guess I'm not cut out for this. And I told you that. And I was like, I think I need to just quit or something. (laughs) They should just quit my whole job, you know? And um, you're such a great friend. You, you were like, you asked me something like, okay, but what would it take for you to stay? And I was like, well, it would take <laughs> a giant vacation, first of all, and I, I need a coach and something else. I think I needed a title change or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I made and a an list. assistant. Yeah. You, oh, and an assistant. Yeah. Yes. I made a list of demands. Like, this is unworkable unless I have all these things. And I made sure, you made sure that I went all out. Like, don't hold back. Like, seriously, what would make this work for you? And, you know, I was like, I'm never going to get these things that I asked for. So I'm going to quit my job. And you were like, well, why don't you just ask first before you quit your job? (laughs) Nothing left to lose. (laughs) Exactly. So I asked. I didn't ask in like a demanding way. I just came with my list and was like, you know, I'm, I'm at a breaking point. It's not working. Here's what I need. I got everything on my list, all of it, including the assistant, which benefited other people because it was it became sh- this amazing person, became an assistant shared by several of us on the the design leadership team. And by the way, I didn't know what coaching was at the time. I just knew I had heard some other people at the company had a coach. (laughs) And I was like, I want that too. I need it. It seems like a special advantage and I I want that. (laughs) So (laughs) I got my coach and uh, similar to the assistant, like the, the team ended up hiring a coach who could then work with not just me, but like other people too, if they wanted it. So I kind of thought that coach, you know, leadership management coach meant some dude who's going to come in and make me tougher, Mm -hmm. you know, get me a thicker skin and, and show me how to be tougher on other people. And that was not what it was, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever chose that coach was like, oh my gosh, it I just I I bet I know who it was and I'm just sending out huge thank yous Mm -hmm. for choosing that coach. I mentioned her in a previous episode too, about the one about how to choose a coach. But yeah, she 
was absolutely wonderful, so compassionate, and yet so direct. Like she made me feel safe, able to be real and vulnerable about what was going on for me. And then she she also was able to like get to the heart of it, be direct in a way that I I could receive the truth reflected back to me and also be moved into action. So a lot of the time I would come into those sessions and complain about other people. You know, that's what I would do. And she would guide the conversation in a way that ended up being, yes, it was cathartic. It was, I felt heard, but then it would be guided toward action. Okay. So where's your agency here? What are you going to do? And like one example of that, that was so powerful for me was when my manager left, I started reporting to the next person up and I was like angry. Just, I found him like really intimidating and rude and just, there was no space for me. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Felt like I was just sort of being not heard or seen or understood and she coached me to take a very brave, risky move, which was in my next one-on-one with him, I interrupted him because that's how it would go. Like he would just kind of like talk at me or ignore me and work on his computer. And I interrupted him and I, I had prepared in advance here what I was going to do. I, I said, I need to interrupt you. I need to ask for you to only listen to me in this conversation until I tell you it's your turn to talk. And he did it. He did that to his credit. And I also stood up and I was like, please, I need you to stay sitting down. And I stand up because that is going to help me talk to you. And then I drew a picture on the whiteboard and I was like, here's the volume of your voice up here. Here's the volume of my voice down here. There's a big difference. Like it's your regular talking voice sounds like yelling to me. You're really tall. And just so that's intimidating when you stand up in our meetings and like just a lot. I was just like, here are all the things that make it really hard for me to talk with you. And oh my gosh, like right now I can't even imagine doing that. (laughs) But because of coaching, I was able to do that in a way that was authentic to me and to his credit, he received it so well and it just broke open our relationship and we became so tight. We had such a strong bond and we both helped each other grow a lot. That's where I discovered the power of coaching. Yeah. Oh, I remember hearing about that the first time and it's so cool to hear about it again because Yeah, coaching enables bravery. And uh, I think we can both look back on decisions in our lives that we were more courageous about because of the support of coaching. The other thing that story reminds me of is that one really cool thing about coaching is that it's unscripted. And just experiencing an authentic, unscripted, fully present conversation, and then having a model for that, that sounds like you then brought into a conversation with your manager, where it was, it was actually scripted, but it was very present and authentic and real, it wasn't polite or careful. 
Um, people crave that a lot of the time. Sometimes it goes poorly, but more often it goes really well because people are drawn in by finally having someone say what they mean. And when you get a lot of practice saying what you mean and figuring out what you mean in coaching, it makes that something you can bring to other conversations and that invites other people's full presence. Yeah. And and also like, it doesn't mean that it isn't scary, like, or that I, I was terrified in that mm-hmm. moment. My voice was quivering, you know, and I think there's Sometimes there's this pressure of like, well, if I'm going to do something brave, I have to also appear fearless Mm -hmm. while I do it. And actually, I think in that particular situation, it helped that it was very obvious that I was nervous. You know, it's like, come on, throw me a bone here. I am taking a risk, Mm -hmm. taking a risk. So, so please meet me there. Yeah, for sure. Thinking back on, you know, a later coaching experience I had, I've had great coaches all along the way. I had an awesome coach through something called the Coaching Fellowship. I think they've rebranded now. Um, That was a very low cost coach for me. That was uh, kind of a volunteer effort on a very experienced, excellent coaches part to support folks early in their careers and breaking through to the next level and always be grateful for that experience. And then When I finally decided to go into coach training, I don't really know what I expected. I was the first person I knew to go through coach training. I am kind of an enthusiast at heart. And so now I think at least 20 people I know have been through coach training since, including both of my parents. So, you know, it's it's a very funny kind of thing. And I'm now surrounded by people who've been through coach training. But at the time, I was the first. And I did not anticipate I went to the Coactive Training Institute, as did you. I did not anticipate how experiential that training would be, including the fact that uh, you're you practice by practicing on each other. You know, people who are just learned a skill five minutes ago are coaching each other and you trade places for five or 10 minutes at a time and then you debrief how it went. And it's surprisingly effective because when skill is fresh and you just learned it and you're doing your best at it, and the other person likes coaching. That's why they why they came. They're open-minded about it. You can have some real breakthroughs on both sides. And I remember sitting across from someone who's still very dear to me, who I just randomly met at this training. And she was coaching me through some kind of hidden wish I had, uh, which turned out to be the wish to have a creative space of my own. And specifically, I I had this dream of a studio space where I could bring my markers, basically. Like, this is a very funny thing about me is that I really like art supplies much more than I like making art. But I, at the time, felt, and I think there's still some truth to this, that the, the bottleneck to me making art was having the space to make it in and a space that I could go to where that, that's what it was dedicated to. And so we went through this and it was a very short practice session, but I think the skill we were practicing was getting commitment out of a client and building towards something that they can take home as a takeaway or homework uh, afterward. And so she got me to commit to touring studio space and finding a studio space to tour and then touring it. And I did. And I found a place that was 
had some real pros and cons, but it was available and it was available in a <laughs> uh, very flexible sublease situation. And I just went for it, you know, and uh, that's a whole other story because you and I ended up sharing the space because I thought it would be more fun to have you there too. And I was just single-minded. I was like, I now that I've uncovered this dream, I can't unsee it and I'm going to have to touch the dream. Another one of our favorite phrases, I'm going to have to touch this dream to get to the other side of it. Like, I can't live my life never having had a creative studio space. I have to know what this means for me so that I can know how to disassemble it and reassemble the important parts going forward. Right now, it's this symbolic, indivisible idea that I'm just going to be obsessed with until I experience it for real. And then after I experience it, it will become um, not singular, but a kind of spectrum of possibilities that I can then take with me going forward. I probably didn't know all of that at the time. But what I did know is that I had to get it. I had to have it. And I, I got it and I had it. And it was an amazing experience. It was an amazing experience to have a space like that. No regrets at all. And had it for about a year and think back on it fondly. And I didn't need more than that. Um, but I would probably still be dreaming of it if I hadn't had that five-minute experience with a coach in training across from me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You're really taking me back to yeah. our studio days. It's so much magic happened in that space. I remember being in that space. Like while we were in that space was when our podcast, we, we took it to the next level, you know, so it, it did just really become a, a space where we opened up new possibilities for our creativity. And I think what you're describing, it really speaks to how before I did any coach training, I thought, this seems magical. Like, what is this? What kind of magic is this person doing on me that we actually, it unlocks stuff. We get somewhere like pretty much every time, you know? And then I went through the coach training and I saw like, it's not magic. It's mostly not magic. I mean, there is an element of using your intuition as a coach and making space for the other person's intuition, which I think still does feel pretty magical sometimes. But, but there, are, there are really clear skills and tools that, that a, a trained coach is using. This can be learned by lots of people. You know, you don't really have to be any kind of way except just like curious, open, you know, starting with some empathy is good. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so many of the skills of coaching I use all the time in my work as an investor now. And coaching is so different from being an investor. It's so different from being a board member. And I never forget that. I mean, I'm under no illusion that they're the same. But some of the skills do transfer. And one of them that we both learned at the Coactive Training Institute is the skill of articulating what's going on. They abbreviated ALGO, A-W-G-O, which always <laughs> was funny to me. And it's so simple. I mean, it's just this funny phrase that uh, represents summarizing what is happening. But it turns out that this is a universally useful skill. I use it all the time. And I didn't really have it before I drilled it. You know, I, I didn't know that a way to progress a conversation was just to summarize what's happening. 
And, you know, now if I'm talking with a founder who maybe I didn't invest, but we talked a year or two ago when they were fundraising and now we're catching up about how their business is going and they feel like they can be a little more honest with me because they trust me now and they're between rounds and they'll talk about some things that are going really well. They'll talk about some things they're struggling with. And then I'll just say something back without thinking about it terribly hard. That's like, you know, sounds like product is good. The team's rough and you're not sure where to spend your time. And they'll be like, Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> you know. And uh, then once we've summarized it like that and I've confirmed that that's their reality, then it's kind of this uh, structure we can use for the rest of the conversation. You can choose. Each of those is a three-word phrase. You know, it's very simple. It's not grandiose. It's not too polite. It's not it's not hard to say. It's like, should we talk about the things that are working or the things that aren't working? Um, and there's always a choice on, on where to go next. But you only get that choice once you label the options. Yeah, that's just, it's making me think of another skill that I use so much and, and encourage my clients to use too. And it's it's similar. It's the, the meta, speaking mm-hmm. to the meta. So like just knowing that in a conversation, in any kind of meeting, you can just describe, you can just articulate what's happening on the meta level. And like, that can be it, that can be enough. So for example, you're in a meeting and it's getting tense and you're sitting there like, it's getting tense. I feel uncomfortable, but I don't really know why. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know how to solve this. I guess I can't say anything. I guess there's nothing we can do. We're just stuck intention. Well, actually, it's totally fair to say in the conversation, I noticed our conversation is getting more tense. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can just yeah. say that. You don't have to know what comes next, but it can like be so powerful. It can help break the tension. It can invite the other person's experience, whether they notice it too. It can lead somewhere that unlocks things that helps you get unstuck or just lead to like, okay, we have something to figure out here, you know, like, yeah. let's get to the bottom of this. It's so freeing to know that like, you can simply describe or observe something concisely and you don't have to know where it's going next. Absolutely. And I think that just taking on the responsibility of full presence and saying, I'll figure out what to say as long as I'm fully present, because as long as I'm fully present, I'll notice some stuff. And then once I notice some stuff, if it seems important, it's fine to say it. And that's all I have to do, you know. And it's a different way of being that holds constant full presence instead of knowing everything. And that's a much more achievable goal. You know, when we talked about this episode, I was like, ah, oh, it'll be behind the scenes. Like, I'll tell some real stories about, you know, real breakthroughs I had. And I feel like I've just gotten into talking about skills, which is also cool. But because I promised behind the scenes to myself and to you, mm-hmm, um, I'll just mm-hmm. share my uh, my all-time favorite coaching insight as a client, which is uh, I ended up with this awesome coach who had been one of the facilitators of my coach training. And that's like a secret of coach training uh, is that 
the co- the trainers do it partly because uh, they get to show their skills in a room full of people who love coaching and they get a few new clients that way every time. And that's what they're there for. So if you go and you think someone's amazing, you don't have to be shy about reaching out about becoming their client because they love to work with people who uh, sometimes they don't have availability. But if they do have availability, they often love to work with people who appreciate the art of coaching and um and care about experiencing at the highest level. So I reached out to one of the facilitators of my training and I thought she was so great. She was so funny and very different from me just in terms of how jokey she was. And I felt uh, something I know in my life is that I get along well with jokey people because a failure mode for me is taking myself too seriously. And so I thought it would be great to have a coach that I could talk to about serious things, but who would help uh, me stay out of the zone of taking myself too seriously. And so we had long relationship and had a lot of great insights along the way. She was coaching me right as I was preparing for my wedding, which was a big life event and also included a bunch of work questions like how to balance work and planning a wedding, but also, you know, how do I want the rest of my life to go? You know, when are we going to have kids? When are we going to get a house? What do I want my future to look like? It was a great time to have that support. And we had a conversation at one point where I, I just told her like, you know, I don't know, we've been working together for a while now. And some part of me really thought that I would have a talk show by now, you know, and she was like, what do you mean a talk show? (laughs) Yeah, I just mean, like, I thought that maybe by getting, you know, a superstar coach, I would unlock my inner superstar. And then I would be very famous. And it wasn't a fully ident- it was it wasn't fully mapped out, but you know, just saying that that's where I'm at. It's feeling a little disappointed that I, I'm uh, I didn't break through to some new level of comfort and fame. You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't this. And she was like, well, what are we spending time on? I was like, just the basic stuff. You know, it's like, oh, like, you know, how to feed myself, how to, you know, balance work and, you know, work and rest, like boring stuff, like basic stuff, you know. Um, And she was like, I don't know. I mean, I think the basic stuff is the advanced stuff. And I was like... (laughs) Boo! You know, but it really stuck with me. And oh, yeah, I remember. I think I I might have said talk show, but I think I also said like I thought I really thought I'd be writing a book by now. And we're just doing through this all this boring basic stuff. And she was like, maybe that's the book you're writing. You know, the book the book is about basic stuff. You know, and I just thought that was so cool that she. You know, I'm sure she wasn't planning to say that. It was just something that came to her in the moment. But it reframed for me what had been this slog into, you know, I'm doing a lot of things that are important to me right now. And it's hard and cool to try to get the basics right and hold them constant. You know, that's not even that's not that easy. And uh, it's not that easy for anyone. And um, also in suggesting maybe this is the book you're writing, she sort of showed me this is a book people would like to read. This is not easy for anyone. You know, this is not something that you are alone in. And there was so much packed into just that uh, that back and forth in the conversation, starting with, 
me being comfortable whining, you know, but whining in an environment where you know it'll go somewhere is a very different experience because you can indulge in it because you know it will only last for about five minutes and you're not going to get stuck. Oh, Diana, that phrase, the basic stuff is the advanced stuff. We use it together all the time for each other. It influences me constantly. Oh my goodness, it really helped me through some rough postpartum times where it was like, I can't believe that all I could manage today was to stay alive, keep my child alive, and take a shower. Mm-hmm. That's it. Are you kidding me? Are yeah. you kidding me? And it was like, no, but actually, in this particular circumstance, the basic stuff is the advanced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the, the coolest things about coaching is that it's worth it just for your own breakthroughs, obviously. But sometimes those breakthroughs can help your friends also or help more people or become a book, you know. And Mm -hmm. these things that might sound like aphorisms, like a generic aphorism, if I read it, you know, in graffiti on the street, I might take a picture, but it wouldn't change my life. Just coming to a phrase that's direct and personal and authentic and present to the moment can be life-changing and can change other people's lives too because phrase and an insight like that that is backed by a story that's yours and that you can share freely should you choose to just gives it more body than seeing it you know in paint on the street would yeah and that makes me think about how more recently for the past year or so being a client with my coach has been about the basic stuff very much I also like always have big dreams mm-hmm. and I brought that too, but like we always came back to the basics. And for me also, it's boring. Like <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I, I knew, I knew at the start of it, I would, I'm the kind of person where I come to coaching, like I know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I need to have more consistent, <laughs> healthy habits, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I am very doing oriented, but like actually what happens for me a lot of the time in coaching is actually getting underneath that mm-hmm. to like, well, okay, what is this really about? And what's the purpose? What, what are the values I'm connecting with that are so that I can Uh, spark my internal motivation. So then I'm like, wait, okay, yes, I see why this actually matters. There's no way I'm going to like externally like push myself into doing stuff I think I should do. Mm -hmm. No. But it's just not going to happen. No. As as you well know, Diana, cannot be forced even by my own self. Yeah. So it's going to have to come from within, from my heart and my gut and my intellect being like, no, this is it. This is the next right move for me. And, and this is why it matters so much. This is what's at stake. This is the cost of not taking that next right step. And the range of that is so big. Sometimes 
during the coaching process, I would discover that that next right step is quit my job, get a divorce, move to Santa Fe. (laughs) 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 Sometimes I discover that that next right step is like, now we're actually going to floss every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you like yeah, my face I, looked like Kermit the Frog when I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hearing all of this makes me think about one of the real lasting impacts of coaching on my life. You know, I occasionally will work with a coach now, but much less frequently. And that's by choice. You know, I think that right now, I'm very much in a basic stuff is the advanced stuff phase where having the work I do and two little kids and a house I love and a husband I love and uh, trying to do things that make me feel like myself, like reading books and going on walks, just basic, simple stuff. That's a lot already. And I feel like I have a lot of tools now for navigating and and coming to my own breakthroughs. Um, But one of the lasting gifts of coaching has been changing my self-talk to actually enable more, allow more whining, like allow more complaining when I'm journaling or when I'm talking to you, because I trust that I won't get stuck there. Uh, Actually complaining can be a way to talk about what's really going on and entertain for a second that it's all somebody else's fault and then come back to, but actually where is my agency in this? Rather than holding rigidly the whole time, it's up to me and only me and if I want to change, it has to come from me. That's a lot of it in the end, but it can be nice to get a break from that for four or five minutes and then come back around to it with a little more fresh energy. And I remember recently I was writing to you and I was saying something like, you know, I just wish that a fairy godmother would come and, you know, uh, do all the dishes except for two so that I could feel like I was really taking care of my own house. And I got a little bit of recuperation while I did two dishes, but only two dishes. And like, why don't I have a fairy godmother? And then I was like, I know, like coaching, blah, 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 be your own fairy godmother. (laughs) And, uh, and just being able to, uh, boring, like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear be your own fairy godmother. But just kind of expressing that, uh, that sequence of thoughts helped me notice that I was just tired. You know, I didn't really want to do anything anymore. Um, But maybe I should do something about that, you know, and I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't given myself material to observe. I think that sometimes trying to do things the right way reduces the material for observation. And there's a lot of insight in just letting it all hang out for a few minutes and then seeing what's what. And one form I see of this very frequently with my clients is someone saying like, essentially, well, I feel dead inside and my (laughs) health is really bad and, you know, I'm at a really toxic company, but I I should be grateful for my life. You know, I have a good job and I should be grateful. So let's just move on to something else. And I'm like, okay, okay. So yes, you're grateful. I get that. Let's put that in in a box over here. Now tell me the truth. Like what's really going on? What do you wish you could say if you Mm -hmm. didn't have to just pretend like you're as grateful as you think you should be? You know? Yeah, we know you're grateful. 
we can we can snooze that and and get real because just because you have a lot to be grateful for doesn't mean you should also suffer really badly. <laughs> that was another uh, Lisaism from your journey that uh, greatly influenced me. Uh, is uh, you don't have to suffer. Don't have to suffer. It's a yeah. very simple sentence. I don't even remember exactly. I'm sure it came from from being coached. You yeah. know? And and it just it felt like such a revelation. Mm-hmm. And it still does. I we use it all the time, you know, all like but isn't it like I feel like it is a given. It it is society, the society that I grew up in community I grew up in, you know, like just blue collar, just getting by. Yes, it was a given like you you just have to suffer. <laughs> You're just going to suffer. And suffering is a part of also trying to improve your life. Mm-hmm. And then and that operating system worked for me in some ways for a period of time. And then I hit a wall with it and had to realize, okay, now I actually, I don't have to suffer. What, what if I prioritized ease in my life? What, and then didn't have to feel guilty or ashamed about that. What if? What if? Well, then I would make a podcast called Let It Be Easy (laughs) instead of writing a book, which sounds hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to today. Yes, that brings us to today, a day when neither of us are writing books. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But we are having so much fun talking on this podcast and it feels pretty easy. Sure does. And we talk every day too, a lot, which uh, always uh, makes people laugh. Uh, <laughs> we, we have a very active um, written correspondence. We're pretty good pen pals. Indeed. Indeed. Very good pen pals. It's actually kind of rare that we are talking synchronously out loud. Um, so thank you, Diana, for being my 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 constant pen pal and also for talking to me on the actual internet right now with synchronous voice and video. Nowhere I'd rather be. It's so great to go through history together and yeah, really looking forward to sharing a glimpse of our past few years with folks. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that this sharing has inspired some people to do a little coach training if you feel like it's something you're curious about and then I hope for others like if you've kind of been on the fence like maybe I need a coach or want to um, try some type of coaching program like yeah I hope this kind of like maybe dispels some myths about coaching and expands your sense of of like what it is and what it can do for you. All right. Well, anything else you'd like to say, Diana? Let's let it be easy. Let's let it be easy. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. 
So as promised, I wanted to share a bit more about Source, my new group coaching program for 2024. I'm just kind of pouring all of my creativity and compassion and learnings into it from these past six years I've spent coaching creative leaders. Throughout that time, I have seen so many thoughtful, hardworking, incredibly creative people struggling alone, struggling with this sense of being the only one like them in their work environment, maybe being the only woman on a leadership team or the only person of color pitching a lot of white VCs or just generally feeling, wondering, is it just me? Do I really belong here in this environment that I'm in? And how can I, how can I make sure that I am really aligned with my values? How can I trust in myself more deeply and move forward with confidence? So as I've been coaching so many of you, I know that you're not the only one who is going through what you're going through. So for a while, it's been my dream to bring a group of you together in a supportive, compassionate, beautiful, playful way to help you to recalibrate your inner compass and really tap into the source of your creativity and passion and motivation. So this experience allows you to do that inner work with support from me, but also side by side with each other so you can learn from each other and get the community support and encouragement that you need. I'm so excited to share this with you. I'm especially excited for the retreat that will happen in May at this gorgeous glamping venue in the middle of the desert. I find the desert just so inspiring and so expansive. It's going to be a space for you to really unfurl. So this program is very holistic and comprehensive. It does include asynchronous one-on-one coaching with me through voice messages. That is how I've been working with my own coach lately, and I'm just loving it. It's so flexible and fun and easy in a way. It's kind of like having your own private podcast back and forth. And this program is also designed with very busy people in mind. Um, So it's designed to be easy. The only scheduled commitments are that three-night retreat in May, and then there's one monthly call together with your small group. Otherwise, everything else is available to you through Slack, and you can engage as much or as little as you need at different points throughout the year, because I know there are there are ebbs and flows, different seasons to what we need and what we have to give. So I'm so happy to share with you. I hope you will check it out if you are interested at the-cocoon.co slash source. On that page, you can request a spot. It's just really, it's just a pretty brief form for you to fill out. And then I'll reach out to schedule a call with you just to answer any questions and make sure it's a good fit for you. Before you go, a few final notes. First, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to cover, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a note at podcast at the-cocoon.co. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. That's one of the best things you can do to show your support and encourage me to keep going. Until next time, let it be easy.